Hello, this is Jeff Windsor, and this is Lucky Words, a podcast where we talk about culture, art, and a good deal of poetry, ideally all while we're outdoors doing something cool. I'm on the shore of Utah Lake. I'm out, oh, it's about 30 minutes from my house uh, on a southern shore. I live on the eastern side. And I came down to look at some birds and to record a poem. And it's mostly quiet out here except for the plane flying overhead, which I can't see, but I can hear. The sun is out, but it's windy. The sun has dropped. It's cold. There are some white caps out on the lake, which is kind of brown. And as I walked down here, there were to walk and step over a pile of beer cans and and the remains of a fire that somebody just had left at some point, probably last summer. I'm going to read a poem this afternoon by William Wordsworth. This is a fairly early poem of his called Lines Written in Early Spring. I heard a thousand blended notes while in a grove I sate reclined in that sweet mood when pleasant thoughts bring sad thoughts to the mind. To her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran, and much it grieved my heart to think what man has made of man. Through primrose tufts and that green bower the periwinkle trailed its wreaths, And tis my faith that every flower enjoys the air it breathes. The birds around me hopped and played, their thoughts I cannot measure. But the least motion which they made, it seemed a thrill of pleasure. The budding twigs spread out their fan to catch the breezy air. And I must think, do all I can, that there was pleasure there. If this belief from heaven be sent, if such be nature's holy plan, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? In these six stanzas, Wordsworth isn't trying hard to obscure much of his meaning. In the first stanza, he talks about his sweet mood and pleasant thoughts that are bringing sad thoughts to his mind. And these sad thoughts are coming because he is linking the joy he sees in nature with the unhappy things he sees in in humanity. So let's look at the joy that he sees in nature. Primrose and periwinkle, the flowers, they enjoy the air they breathe. So enjoy, that's in the third stanza. In the fourth stanza, he talks about the birds 
And though he can't see inside their heads, he can't understand their thoughts, he said their movements seem to indicate a thrill of pleasure. So enjoyment for the flowers, a thrill of pleasure for the birds. And then he looks at a tree, the budding twigs, he says, that are spreading out like a fan. This is early spring, remember. And he imagines that they feel some pleasure. So the flowers have enjoyment, the birds thrill, the trees have pleasure. And against those, then when he thinks about, as he says, what man has done to man, that's what brings the sad thoughts. Now for the romantics, most of the time when they're thinking sad thoughts, they're thinking about France and what is happening in France with the French Revolution, which was pretty terrible. And it was something that really bothered the romantics. They write about this quite a bit, about how much the French Revolution is just, it shakes them. We see similar things that happen in the writings of people during the First World War. Just the, the depravity and the depth of the inhumanity, the suffering, makes them question, is this, you know, what, what could be good in the world? What could be right? The uh, existentialist nihilism that you get in the mid-20th century is a similar type thing. But the romantics, rather than dwell in the awfulness, contrast this with nature. And this is what we see here with Wordsworth. In the first stanza, Wordsworth tells us that they are pleasant and sweet thoughts, but also sad thoughts. In the second stanza, he makes it explicit. To her fair works did nature link the human soul. So, nature with a capital N, and it is a linking of these two things. You cannot have the one without the other. There is an explicit, uh, what, combination, an explicit connection between these two ideas, the happiness of nature and the sadness of humanity. The final stanza has what some people think of as being some religious language. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but he does say, if this belief from heaven be sent, if such be nature's holy plan. Now we do have heaven and holy, but we also have a capital N nature. Nothing else is capitalized in there. And so heaven isn't capitalized, holy isn't capitalized, but nature is. And so it's kind of this naturalistic default level of spirituality. Definitely not a, a churchy poem. Regardless, look what he says there. If this belief from heaven be sent. Now the belief that he's referring to is what he had in those previous stanzas the flowers and the birds and the trees being so happy, if that belief that they are experiencing pleasure and joy, if that comes from heaven, or if it is part of nature's holy plan that nature is going to feel this enjoyment, then have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? So, the natural thing 
is for people to be happy. The natural thing is to experience pleasure. And the natural thing is to be in nature. But look what, as he says, man has made of man. Made is a telling verb here. This is not something that was given to man or forced upon man, but it's what has been made of man, what man has made of man, what we have done to ourselves, doing, making. That's what Wordsworth is talking about. And he says it's bad, in part because it's separating us from nature. Nature's holy plan is happiness. Instead, we're miserable because we're chopping off people's heads and destroying the aristocracy. Wordsworth's lens was to the world around him. But that's not the world that's around me anymore. I don't look at France as a place where horrible things happen. But I do have to look at the world around me now and say, well, does this poem still have, or does the message of this poem still resonate with the world that I live in now? First, do I look at nature and see it celebrating and happy? As I'm walking right now, my hands are just achingly cold. It is cold out here and the lake is brown, the wind is bracing, but there are birds. Do I see in them a thrill of pleasure? I don't know, Mona, what I mostly see is them running away from me as I come walking up to them. I scare them. But I am not, of course, lounging in some green bower. It's too cold for lounging, and it's not green. But it is early spring. It's difficult for me to see that benignness in nature that Wordsworth does. Of course, we also live in a world where the overwhelming belief is in climate catastrophe. And so what we see is it's nature under siege. It's nature, it's nature under attack. It's definitely not something that Wordsworth thought when he looked at nature. It's just a different belief. It's a different way of looking at the world. My experience with nature is not looking at it, experiencing pleasure and enjoyment, but I experience pleasure and enjoyment because of it. But to get to it, I have to step out of the world that I normally live in. I have to drive half an hour to get out from suburbia into more wildness. To get out into the mud and the sticks and the birds. Last night, Kate said to me that she looked at the news yesterday for the first time in a number of weeks. And it was so awful and so depressing that she just had to stop. She couldn't bear to read it anymore because it is so foul and so just bringing her down. And so, I don't know, that final question about what man is made of man, that really does resonate with me. Let's read this one more time. William Wordsworth's Lines Written in Early Spring. 
I heard a thousand blended notes while in a grove I sate reclined. In that sweet mood when pleasant thoughts bring sad thoughts to the mind. To her fair works did nature link the human soul that through me ran. And much it grieved my heart to think what man has made of man. Through primrose tufts in that green bower, the periwinkle trailed its wreaths, and tis my faith that every flower enjoys the air it breathes. The birds around me hopped and played, their thoughts I cannot measure, but the least motion which they made, it seemed a thrill of pleasure. The budding twigs spread out their fan to catch the breezy air, and I must think, do all I can, that there was pleasure there. If this belief from heaven be sent, if such be nature's holy plan, have I not reason to lament what man has made of man? You can get the text of today's poem in the show notes or on the podcast website, luckywords.net.